Hey there, it's Casey here, your host for the Purpose Map podcast and founder of Worthy and Well. And I am just excited to introduce you today to Dr. Julie Bolak and Courtney Amo, who are two incredible women who I've been collaborating with for the last three years so that we could put an incredible new book out into the world. The Mind Body Way, the Embodied Leader's Path to Resilience, Connection, and Purpose is now available for purchase. We are so excited. If you're interested in getting a copy in your hands, which why wouldn't you? I suggest you go to mindbodywaybook.com. We'll link that link up in the show notes. That's where we share our suggested retailer links and you can purchase straight from there. This is part one of a two-part episode with these two beauties. We talk in this episode actually about the co-writing process and how the pathway toward putting this book into the world has transformed us, has connected us, has helped us to build trust and actually live the pillars that we speak about in regards to embodied leadership. So I'm so excited for you to tune in and get to know these two humans, Julie and Courtney, my co-authors. And in part two, we'll be sharing more about the content of the book. So I hope you enjoy. I'll check in with you at the end. Take really good care. How would you describe, Julie, the phase that we're at right now? The transition and and mm-hmm. what part of the process we're in right now? It feels aligned with the season that we're experiencing in Canada, like spring with things blooming. Like it feels like the past three years we've been planting, like well, first preparing the soil, planting the seeds tending to the garden of this process and now everything's blooming i don't know how that lands with you two yeah (laughs) courtney how does it feel for you all of that and there's also tracking of mud inside the house (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean when you say that that uh there's going to be ups and downs that even though we're at this phase where it feels like one chapter is being completed and we're opening into another chapter that there will always be these little moments of, of muddy paws sort of dirtying up the floor, just keeping us grounded and keeping us humble and yeah, us to stay present in the moment. We can't disconnect from any of this. It's still very much live. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Courtney, this morning I had a, a team meeting for Worthy and Well, and I used your comment about the rugs, like intentionally having a flaw in the rug. Is that tur- is it Turkish? Or I think the story is supposed to be, you know, artisan, like highly skilled Persian rug makers. Persian. But who knows where, where the story actually comes from? Yeah, I I really appreciated that. So for the listener in our team meeting on Tuesday. So Courtney, Julie, and I have been meeting, gosh, since 2020, every Sunday for a couple of hours, pretty much minus a few Sundays in there. And then more recently, we've been meeting on Tuesdays for anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes, just to touch base and to ground our bodies and to connect over what needs to be done from the book perspective. And this past Tuesday, we had a call and it was like a call to determine if we were ready to send our book off for printing. So this is after, you know, writing a manuscript. Uh, How many rounds of content edits did we do? Three rounds, maybe? 
there were so many different editing stages. There was the copy editing, the I forget even all the terminology for yeah. the different phases of editing. Three different big rounds of editing, but within each, there was several rounds. Yeah. And then the five rounds of proofreading. And yeah. so and so it was like this meeting where we're like, okay, do we trust ourselves and do we trust the process and do we trust the amazing page two team that we've been working with to get our book out into the world? And are we ready to send this out? And Courtney, you told this story about Persian rugs, whether it originated there or not, but how like amazing artisans intentionally leave a little flaw in the work to stay humble and in humility. And I think my response was like, um, if we can avoid the flaws, that's ideal. But and also thank you for that, because there probably will be flaws that we will find and it will be fine. <laughs> so I just wanted to thank you again, Courtney, for that, because I've used it in other parts of my work and life. And just that reminder to like, it's okay to be human and flawed and go ahead anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would take it a step further and go not only is it okay, but it is beautiful to be human. Mm -hmm. And one of the underlying themes of both our book and our co writing process is on connection. Being human and having not even having because we all have there's flaws everywhere. We use flaws loosely. It helps to connect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't want to speak for the two of you, but I suspect we're in similar boats in terms of recovering <laughs> from perfectionist tendencies and how perfectionism to build off of what you were saying, Julie, perfectionism keeps us separate. Yeah. Right. It makes others feel like we are distanced, different. We're able to achieve this, impossible level and it keeps i know for me personally throughout my life striving for perfectionism kept me isolated lonely disconnected from others because mm -hmm. generally people wouldn't understand why i kept pushing and pushing and pushing so i think there's a mm -hmm. there's a lesson in that um and just like all things you know you have to hold the hold both the extremes together so that you can sort of see what lies in between. And um, I think growing up with, with perfectionist tendencies was mm -hmm. certainly for me a driver towards achievement. And I can still hold on to that drive and that desire to do good quality work while now as a as a as maybe a, <laughs> a more and more adult adult, <laughs> still growing as an adult. But um, in that growth, being able to, to let go of some of the anxiousness around error mm. and be a bit softer with, with myself and others around mistakes, for sure. Yeah. Thank you for that, Courtney. And I feel like that's such a beautiful uh, entry point maybe into this conversation about the co-writing process. And I'm curious, based on what you just shared, Courtney, and I love that you said adult, adult, or like even continuing to grow in as, adult, as an adult, I feel like I knew exactly what you were talking about. Um, how do you feel the co-writing process maybe supported 
letting go of perfectionism or how did perfectionism show up for you in this process? Mm. I'm really curious of your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember really early on when we were discussing the co-writing process and how we were going to do it, there was a question that came up and I, I can't recall who raised it. And I think we've shared this story before, but it, it's worth repeating. The question that came up was, when we shift from one person writing on one topic and we hand that off to the second author to go over, refine, and add to, do we save the original somewhere? <laughs> do we create a backup? Do we find some way of sort of preserving what the original uh, author had put in? And I remember us talking that through and very quickly realizing that there was going to have to be some sort of letting go. Because if we tried to keep track of every single change and every single individual decision and try to then bring that to committee, as it were, between the three of us, we'd still be writing the intro, you know? And I don't know that that was maybe... I don't know if that was comfortable for any of us at the time, but I, we all, we all agreed to do it that way. Mm. And, um, and that was freeing. That was a unique um, moment in being comfortable in that discomfort of not being in control. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Courtney. I know that, you know, in retrospect, looking back, that decision kicked off a healing around collaboration in a way that I could never have expected. Um, and, and I think part of how that was possible for me speaking about perfectionism is like part of my perfectionism journey has been actually owning that I hold a higher standard than many and that that might not be a bad thing. You know, what if the the positive connotation to perfectionism is having a high standard? And so for me, looking back to be able to let go so soon in a collaborative process speaks to the standard that both of you hold in your work. The standard that I felt like uh, early on, I was like, whoa, collaboration is so much easier when we're holding the same standard too. So it's almost a both and like I almost got to heal my perfectionism by realizing that there's a beautiful part of that for me, which is like elevating the standard. And then the other side is, is also letting go within that. So um, yeah, it was really powerful for me. How did that impact you, Julie, that decision? I think similarly to what both of you have described, it was just a beautiful foundation for a trusting and connected co-writing experience. It, it really set the stage for everything that followed. It felt natural. It actually didn't, there wasn't a sense of friction for me in making that decision. Um, and I think taking a step back to our initial meeting together, the three of us, and talking about the vision of this book 
and how we wanted to even take this journey together, there was this just this immediate felt sense of yes, like <laughs> something that we, we I, I couldn't find words to explain. It was just a whole body, yes, this synergy between the three of us works and I'm all in. And that was from the, that very first Zoom call, <laughs> the three of us. Um, Courtney and I, of course, knew each other for a couple decades, but Casey, I'd never met you. Okay. And up until recently, had not physically met you in person. I know. And just the energy of that first meeting and our shared vision for this project, it, it just it, it's felt natural all along. There, there hasn't been friction. And I think about the two different states that we can generally be in, that of um, constriction or flow. And this whole process has been one of flow. That doesn't mean there hasn't, there have not been moments of difficulty, challenge, or like, oh, I'd rather be out hiking today rather than sitting writing. <laughs> but overall, it's just been trusting in the process and much more focused on process, which I think makes our writing experience unique in many ways rather than outcome. We didn't have a, like, this is what we're going to produce. And this is what some publishers told us we need to write. It's, it's been much more fluid and organic. And the feedback we're getting now from everyone that's been able to read an advanced copy of our book has been it's so easy to read and flows so well and so practical. And oh, I can't wait to read it again and take my time with exercises. And that's been our vision of, of this book. Yeah. Yeah. One of, uh, one of the folks in my community who has been reading a digital advanced reader copy just messaged me this morning saying, I can't wait to have this book in my hand so I can scribble up the pages and take notes. And mm -hmm. so I love that so much. And, and what you said, Julie, about process. Um, I'm like, we've been so much in the process that at the time of this recording, like our book is about to come out listener by the time you listen to this hopefully hopefully the book is out you know like Courtney spoke about like muddy muddy feet <laughs> through the room we're dealing with some of that behind the scenes at the moment um but speaking of process this has been so much about the process and being present to the process that I'm kind of in a space of like oh my gosh right right we're doing this to put a book out into the world like I've almost forgotten about the outcome or the result. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that we're in that space of like, here's the outcome or result, like a book being out into the world. Um, and yet there's still process connected with it. So yeah, I totally agree with that part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and thanks for sharing about the, the full body. Yes. With us connecting. And I just feel like there's an opportunity to thank Courtney for initiating this whole conversation. Mm -hmm. And Courtney, maybe you can speak to that too. Like what, mm -hmm. what was it that like called you to invite both Julie and I to come together? And, you know, you were the common glue, right? Like you and I, Courtney met in India at our yoga teacher training and you and Julie had known each other for years, but there was something in you that sparked the question of bringing us all together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, well, Julie and I had been talking about doing some sort of a project together. We hadn't really defined it yet. Mm-hmm. I think we had even Julie started a, a Google Drive and started <laughs> dumping ideas, random quotes and things. But it, it hadn't really taken shape. And um, at some point, I, I was having to do uh, a talk about leadership. And I felt really hesitant. Julie, you were using the words sort of constriction and, and flow earlier. I said, but felt very constricted going into that talk. And I remembered, Casey, that you had shared on social media the recording of your TEDx talk, Let Your Body Lead. And I thought, I'm going to go watch that talk again and see. And I watched the talk and I rewrote my whole speech in the hotel room the night before I delivered the speech in the morning. And it was after that that I, I messaged you to tell you about that experience and the idea of, um, of some sort of project around this was starting to bubble. And I spoke to Julie about it and I spoke to you about it and then connected the two of you and that was it. So it was really just that moment of inspiration of I trusted my body enough to know that I needed to change my mind about what I was going to do. And you through your TEDx talk provided me with a bit of structure and guidance around how to approach that. And the fact that Julie and I already had this idea of doing something together that was uh, was starting to take shape. It just felt right. And I know, Julie, you had a kind of a synchronistic sort of happening at the same time that made my call resonate with you. Do you want to say a bit about that? Yeah, highly synergistic uh, (laughs) and synchronistic uh, happening. So I remember that call vividly, Courtney, uh, walking home from somewhere on a snowy Ottawa evening. And I had just a couple days before gotten out of a long silent meditation vipassana retreat 11 days in silence and during that retreat over christmas and new years of 2019 leading up into 2020 right before this project started i had the word embodiment come to me and during that call between courtney and i um, she says to me, Julie, I have, I have our project. We're going to write a book on embodied leadership. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yes, 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 we are. <laughs> Not sure what exactly that's going to look like, but it was, again, a whole body yes. It, was, it just felt natural, like, okay, yes, of course, this is what's next. Yeah, and then, Courtney, you had no idea that I had a book on my mind, did you? Well, I remember in India, you talking about wanting to write a book. Okay. And um, I think we had had a conversation, a Zoom call after we got back from India, where you you talked about it a bit. So I did have a bit in the back of my mind, this idea that you would want to, uh, to write. But really, what made me think that you might be a good match for, for Julie and I was just the presence that you had when I met you in India. 
like I would listen to your questions and watch you move around the room and the interventions that you would bring into the conversations. And I was just in admiration of all of that. And so for me, even though when we were in India, we were very much focused on the teacher training and there wasn't a lot of time to get to know people super well. We're very, very busy <laughs> just trying to cover the curriculum. I, I had this sense that you were you were someone different. It ties back to what you were saying earlier about that that standard, right? That perfectionism, the positive dimension of perfectionism is perhaps holding a higher standard, looking for a higher level of of quality in product. And it just seemed like even every time you asked a question, you weren't just letting in yet letting words flow out of you. There was some consciousness there. There was some thought there, some intentionality. And I, I was really impressed with that. Mm, thank you for saying that. I feel really seen. And um, when I asked that, like, you didn't know that I wanted to write a book. I, I genuinely thought that you hadn't known, but I'm like, yeah, I probably did mention it at some point. And thank you for um, recognizing my presence, which is such an embodied quality, right? Like that, that and I had a similar experience with you, Court, where it just felt like, um, what did I feel when I met you? Okay, the words that are coming to me, and I'm not going to filter them, I, there's a part of me that wants to filter them is like, that's a woman who could get shit done. It, you know, <laughs> and like, would, would, it doesn't just talk about something, but actually executes on it and takes it to completion. Mm -hmm. Like I felt in you almost like a trust and like, you're someone who is loyal, you have like a loyal presence, uh, not flaky, you know, and I think that's actually like worth really grounding into in spaces, in spiritual spaces, especially in ashrams in India, you can, we meet people that are floating from ashram to ashram seeking a spiritual high and are forgetting that like Vishvaji says, like good yogis are useful to society. And I remember feeling from your presence, Courtney, this, like, she's not just here to like seek that spiritual high. There's a, there's a deeper reason and there's a service oriented nature to your being. So in a similar way, it's almost like it's amazing how the body speaks. And of course it does. That's what our whole book is about, right? Like embodiment, not embodied presence. And Julie, don't worry, I'll get to you. And we first met what, like three weeks ago, <laughs> four weeks ago in Costa Rica. Um, but anyway, back to the sort of origin story of this book coming together. So you heard like Courtney's sort of perspective and Julie's perspective. And I was in a space of having in my Google Drive, a bunch of different stories that didn't make it into the TEDx talk, like automatically in the creation process, it feels like there's even with the three of us, it's like we were writing this book, but I feel like there could be a book about how to co-write, you know, it's like these unknown, unexpected creations that stem from the initial intentional creation. So I had gone through that creative process with the TEDx talk and I had all these, you know, unfinished documents that were like stories. And I was just feeling like this could go into a book somewhere, but I also felt like maybe I needed that part that I recognized in you, Courtney, like take this to execution, get shit done, take this idea and pull it through. And in many ways, I feel like you have been the glue in this, in this trio that has helped us to ground and stay on track. You know, like when Julie and I are like spit firing ideas and like 
getting getting the ball rolling with concepts, you're the one that's like recording in the background and and like grounding it. So it's interesting to reflect on that now, how our initial impressions of each other were like sparks that we then got to acknowledge and recognize later down in the process. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it all started through a series of synchronistic events for each of us. And then, like you said, Julie, hopping on that first call, and I had that same feeling of like, yep, I can work with these two women. So that was really beautiful. How was it for you, Courtney, in the very first call when the three of us came together? Like, how did that feel for you? Remember it? (laughs) Well, I'm just kind of trying to go back to it in my mind. And it felt, it felt exciting and hopeful. Mm. Um, I think we've all had experiences of wanting to start projects with other people, collaborations that, that haven't necessarily led to concrete action. Mm-hmm. But there's always that bit of nervousness when you get started. First, am I, um, am I using my own time and other people's time wisely in this? And then second, will we collectively be able to sustain a level of engagement that will get us through? And I remember in some of our early, early conversations when we talked about how long the book would take, the book writing process, uh, I think collectively we all underestimated it. So there were moments even over the course of the project where I would worry a little bit and thinking like, oh, this is longer than what we had anticipated. So how, how will we collectively sustain ourselves so that we do get to the finish line? And I, I know we had that commitment, um, but I've also had in my body the stored experience of previous attempts that, that hadn't been successful where things did go too long and, and people started to disconnect. So there was always that, um, that desire to make sure that every interaction brought the kind of value that we were all looking for so that we would all continue to take those steps forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the listener, that first call, I think Julie, you mentioned this briefly or Courtney, I can't remember. That first call happened in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And we're now That's a very important context. <laughs> yeah. We're now in April of 2023 at the time that this is being recorded and the time that our book is coming out into the world or is out into the world, depending. <laughs> um, and so that's a, that's a three-year journey through, I'll speak for myself, one of the most like life-changing experiences of my life and, and maybe collectively. Um, and so Julie, maybe you can kick us off with speaking a little bit more about the process after that initial call, initial conversation. And actually, I'd like to hear like about your personal process through writing the book, because like we're talking about embodied leadership. And I feel like embodiment brings the humanity and the personal back into leadership spaces in a way. And so, yeah, how do you feel like the book writing process changed you, transformed you, provide, what did it provide for you Hmm. over the last three years, you know, maybe especially that first year while we're navigating a whole bunch of new (laughs) moments collectively. There's so much there, Case. Um, I was actually reflecting with a friend yesterday about how grounding it was to have this 
collaboration in this project over the past three years. It was this constant point of connection and authentic connection when so much in our world was feeling more disconnected and isolated. Um, I can't imagine the past three years without I'm getting teary without the without the two of you, without us, without this project. Um, yeah, so that's a bit about that. And I guess the other thing that really comes to mind is what how would I say that? With everything we do, with everything I do, there's a growth. And thinking back in the early stages of writing, I know you two <laughs> will agree with me on this, that I struggled to put more real examples of my own self in the book and show more vulnerability for, for me in the book. Part of that's like the professional side of me as a psychologist and yada, yada, kind of the, the messaging I've gotten from my college and from my training that, you know, you keep yourself separate from, you know, your clients and so forth. And the process of getting more vulnerable, telling some of my stories has been an, an invaluable part of writing this book, um, healing and also, um, yeah, healing, not just in terms of uh, the book process, but in terms of showing up differently in my life in a, a more full-bodied way. So, and I, I think this probably resonates with both of you too. We've all grown from the work we've put, put out in this book. Mm -hmm. This has been, you know, a healing process for all of us in different ways. And my, my hope is that this can also help everyone that reads the book to continue along their own healing journey. That's lifelong. Yeah. And it's amazing how leadership isn't about just leading others in like your C-suite position or as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. or as a parent or as a coach or a guide, it's like leading yourself through personal and professional growth. So mm -hmm. no human is exempt from leadership. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I love that you spoke of, of the, you know, Courtney and I encouraging you like, Julie, <laughs> we could use one of your stories here, actually, <laughs> you know, and, and just witnessing you, Julie, in that I, I can see, even though we just met in person recently for the first time, but even through connecting in the digital realm, I could see how that vulnerability through the writing of your own stories translated to other areas of life, you mm -hmm. know? personal relationships or work relationships. It's just, you've unfolded in like, a, I maybe don't have the right language, but like a more open, soft, uh, integrated way. Does that feel true for you? That feels very true for me. Yeah. That line fits. Yeah. Yeah. 
Court, how have you transformed through the writing process? Hmm. Interesting question. I have, similar to what you were saying, Julie, appreciated the, the consistency of our connection that every week there would be this point of contact that would help me to to ground and to to get organized for the for the week. So yes, we were on a project together, we were writing a book, but we were also doing a lot of sharing around what was going on in our lives and that was hugely valuable to have that uh, that point of contact with with where where we could each support each other in staying grounded. We didn't always all show up in the same way to those calls. <laughs> but I think we would all walk away a little bit more centered, a little bit more grounded after the call. So there was a, a very uh, supportive aspect to that. Um, and then this last year, as, as you both know, has been a, an important year of, of loss for me. Um, with the loss of all of my parents. And um, having this project as a bit of a backbone to how my time was organized, I feel really helped, not only because of what we were, how we were doing the project, what the process was, but, but even the content. So we all, I think, came into this project with knowledge, with, with good solid knowledge about embodiment and about leadership and how these two elements intersected together. But this book required us to dig really deep and to be confident in the knowledge we were bringing forward. So there's a huge amount of learning uh, and discovery that went through that, that happened at the right time. It created such a foundation for me to, um, to be able to have presence during this time of great loss, resilience to to get through it, um, and also just just compassion for myself and, and others, and and how we were all going to be living this in a different way. So, to me, the the content, the process, and the content of the book, well, it ties into what you were saying, Julie, in terms of it being healing and, and allowing for growth, right? It, yeah. It happened at the right moment and uh, and served in multiple ways. Thanks for sharing that, Court. What about for you, Case? Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, it's amazing to have consistent connection with people in a certain context for three years, almost weekly and or more, especially in these last few months as we've been preparing for the release of the book and um, getting ready for that. And this conversation is really beautiful as a point of reflection. Um, for me, 2020, I started 2020 feeling really expansive and really excited about everything in my personal and professional life. And then when March, 2020 came around that like led to, from a business perspective, owing $30,000 US in refunds for a retreat that we sold in advance and I hadn't managed that money properly. It led to, um, you know, throughout 2020, a lot of 
uh, trauma came up for healing. My body felt very dysregulated, interestingly, as we navigated embodiment and regulation and and we're writing about that in the book it was like i became more dysregulated than i'd ever felt before and um worked with a lot of practitioners coaches and healers and breathworkers and therapists and you know found a mentor and had it was like i needed more support than i ever had needed before because some of my own trauma was like ripe for the healing so for the first year and a half of this book, there were many Sundays where I did not want to show up for the writing process. And yet something deep down always was like, show up. That's all you have to do is show up. There's no flaking out of this. Show up. And Courtney, you spoke of this, but the co-regulation that happened in every single one of those sessions, it was like, wow. And we got work done. We wrote, but it was like the the work and the presence and the co-writing, even just the body doubling, you know, having our mics off, but seeing each other's faces and being able to connect back in after a stint of writing, it provided a necessary co-regulation that helped me um, calm my nervous system when it was particularly dysregulated. And that wasn't every time, of course, but there were certain moments where I really felt that. And I really navigated in in 2020 more than I had before in my life, insecurities about who I was and what I was doing and my work. And like, I think that's a natural response to trauma. So I feel emotional sharing that, but it was very true. And, and in retrospect, I'm like, fuck, that was hard. <laughs> you know, like that was hard. And then I feel like in, you know, the more recent previous year, um, I've been living my own comeback story. I've been like Phoenix rising from the ashes in my own personal and professional life is what I feel like on the inside. And so it's been interesting how Courtney, I feel like when your losses started to come in the latter half of this process, my expansion started to come back, my light started to come back. And isn't that beautiful that we could hold each other through all of that in different states. Mm -hmm. And I feel, yeah, more recently, I just, I just really have been experiencing my joy and my bliss and my expansion and my fullness. And, um, and what a beautiful gift in a collaboration to, not have to hide any of those states, regardless of what the other people are experiencing, to have enough trust in the relationship to like love each other in whatever state we're in. And truly, that's what it feels like. We created deep, unconditional love for one another through this process. Like, 100%. We end our emails and our texts with, I love you too. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's genuine, you know? Mm-hmm. And we built that level of relationship through this process. And, you know, when it comes to embodied leadership, just, I think we need to love our people. I don't, I don't think there's any harm in loving our clients or loving our colleagues. Like we need more love in the world, you know, and here the three of us are creating, uh, honestly, a kick-ass book that you all are going to want to pick up and read immediately, (laughs) Because it's going to change the game for leadership. And I think part of how it's going to change the game is it's going to bring love back into the leadership spaces. It makes me cry. 
you know, and we've you done that. One crime, two case. <laughs> yeah, we've like this whole episode, this podcast episode, you know, and we got another one coming about the content of the book, but this is about the process of writing. And one thing I feel really proud of is how much we walked our talk as we wrote about a concept, we integrated it into our lives and also into how we collaborated. And to me, that's the gift of embodiment is like, you're you're not faking anything. We're walking our talk. We're being the embodied leader we teach about with circling back to the beginning, flaws and all, vulnerabilities and all, and using that as a point of connection and of truth. Yeah. So that's how I feel about this process. <laughs> Thanks for letting me go off like that. Um, but yeah, I guess as we maybe wrap this this particular episode really about the process and our personal journeys, I'm curious what what final words each of you have to just speak to as it relates to your experience with this process. Two things come to mind just riffing off of off of off of you case. One is I absolutely believe that we would not have the book we have if we didn't show off as authentically and vulnerably as we have over the past three years. Um, yeah. And then the other part is just more around the specifics of the process, which I think are really interesting of how we co-wrote the book together. Not just that we met every week virtually in three different time zones across Canada <laughs> um, and had that consistency and the trust and not saving you know, version one, version two, like just, you know, whatever we wanted to change, we trusted one another and making the change and having a very flowful process of the co-writing. But it was also some of the strategies, more, more technique-y sort of strategies we used in the actual meat of the writing process. How we'd set a timer for 40 minutes. We'd each take a chunk or a section work on that section. And then after 40 minutes, like quick cop on the video again, switch, <laughs> and then take over the next section, which someone else had been writing and continue as though, okay, this is where I'm picking up off of. And I, it's led to, or it's resulted in a book that even the three of us can't clearly identify who has written or contributed what. Like almost every part of every part of the book is like all of us. It's like this beautiful blend of each of our strengths and ways we contributed. And I think that is a big part of why our advanced reader audience, our inner circle has consistently given us the feedback of this beautiful flow of the book. So that's what I would like to add. I agree with all of that. And maybe add that collaboration is more than just working together. Mm. You can share resources, you can cooperate, do things together, or you can collaborate 
which to me means being willing to put your ego aside and bring all of your resources to bear on the project, on the common goal that we're trying to pursue. And that can be really hard for people who have had negative collaborative experiences in the past. But when you can find people who are willing to do that with you, who are willing to, with empathy and with care and love, tell you when you're out of line or encourage you when you're doing really well, um, it, is, it is a growth experience. Work can be a platform for growth. It's not just yeah. about earning money. It can really be a platform for your own development. And I think, I hope that that is a message that comes through from the book, that as leaders, we can create environments where people can grow as people and become better people because of the work that they're doing. And guess what? The work will actually even be better. Yeah. So there's just so much potential there. Mm, yeah. We haven't mentioned the name of the book in this episode at all yet. It's The Mind-Body Way, The Embodied Leader's Path to Resilience, Connection, and Purpose. And I think that's a, a perfect place to end on that note. Courtney, thank you for sharing those final words. Julie, thank you for your contributions. I love you both so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, my friend, for tuning in and listening to our story, our co-writing personal embodied leader transformational story. And uh, I'm curious what this brought up for you. You know, if you're listening to this, you likely are a leader in your own life, in your own way. And I'm wondering what insight you received from this conversation that might help you to bring embodiment back into your own way of leading. Never hesitate to email info at worthyandwell.com. You can DM us on Instagram, Worthy and Well, or Mind Body Way Book if you want to chat with Julie and Courtney. I'll put their Instagram handles and links in the show notes below. And then, of course, make sure you get your hands on a book. Read it, enjoy it, leave a review. You can find all of the details about how to do that at mindbodywaybook.com. Thanks as always for tuning in and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye for now.